1: the real facts, the real stats, and the truth about our local market. We want to provide you with the information that will help you make informed decisions. And today I have a couple of guests in the studio with me to help me out, so I'd like to introduce them first. First, we have Pablo Chavero of Realty Concepts. Good morning.
2: Good morning, Don, and thank you for having us here.
1: Yeah, hey, thank you for helping out, and I understand uh you do real estate investing along with real estate sales
2: I do I actually got into real estate investing first with Leo and he helped me with my investing and I ended up uh, getting my license and enjoying the real estate uh, aspect in that as well
1: Okay great and, and we're going to talk about real estate investing later on in the show and um it's kinda of interesting. The National Association of Realtors just came out with a new program designed to help realtors with their careers and it's about exactly that. How we can be involved in investing in real estate to create a, a retirement income for us. So and then you mentioned Leo. Who in the heck is Leo? Oh, here it is. Leo <laughs> Nelasco. Also of Realty Concepts and um uh you have been in the business how long, Leo?
0: A little over 10 years now.
1: Okay, so you know a thing or two already. A little here and there, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and, and I understand that you invest also, but your primary focus is sales. Correct, yeah. We
0: do a little bit of everything from representing buyers to sellers, uh, investments, and of course uh, building our team and showing them what we have done and learn from our experiences as well
1: just out of curiosity how come you got involved what what drew you to real estate
0: you know that's a great question uh, prior to doing real estate I was uh, in the service for about 10 years active duty uh, did a couple tours overseas and uh, needed a where look. were you at uh, did two tours in Afghanistan and one in Iraq mm-hmm. and it was just time for a different change and uh, at that time 2008 uh the market was totally different, right? So it was a flood of short sales, a flood of REOs, and uh I was like, man, this seems a little nervous and a little exciting at the same time, but I'm going to give it a chance and, and go all in for it, you know? So 2008, I kind of just went into real estate, not knowing what I was stepping into, but uh, slowly but surely, if you believed in yourself, study the cycle, and look at where it's at today. Yeah
1: market has certainly turned. Absolutely. How about you, Pablo? What what drew you to real estate?
2: Well, my family has been in real estate as long as I can remember. Growing up, we had uh, rentals on our property. Um, I have uh, more family that uh, really dedicated themselves to real estate in the form of rentals, so I would always help the family with uh, the properties and Uh, They always wanted me to go to school. So after mm, finishing college and everything, uh, I went and worked in retail. I was in retail for about 10 years. And it was also a time for change after uh, my last uh, assignment. And I fell back on real estate, and I'm very glad that I did. I just thought that, um, you know, I had experience in that, uh, especially with uh, renovating homes and. So I gave it a shot, and I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. You know, your story's a lot like mine because I never planned
1: on getting into real estate. All these people that say, "Oh, I have a passion for this or that." Okay, I could say that now, but I didn't used to when I first got into it. But my family was in it, and it just it sucked me in. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my grandfather, poor guy. You know, after the depression, he came to California. He he couldn't get a barber's license like he had in New York because he didn't know English well enough and couldn't pass the test, so he tried this and this and this. But it was real estate that got him going. He invested in a 16-unit uh, apartment complex wow, wow. in the San Fernando Valley back in the 50s. Probably bought it for 10000 <laughs> bucks, and of course, you know, that took off. Yeah, yeah. So... Okay, let's talk about, um, well, first I want to say what part of our goal is here. I was telling you guys early, earlier in the week that my personal goal for Welcome Home Radio, for this radio show, is to make our, uh, cons- our customers, our clients so well-educated that next time we have a real estate downturn, we are not going to be in the top ten for foreclosures. Right. Because we're going to make some good, informed decisions, and um, I actually see it now. I, I, you don't see as many people now that are in a bad position that put themselves in a bad position as far as um, uh, real estate goes, as far as being upside down in a property, and a lot of that has to do with realtors. Realtors are given good advice right. to their clients. So the question I'm going to throw out there on the table right now is what role should the realtor have in helping uh, their client in purchasing a property get the right loan? Great. That's a great question, Don. Um, So I'll try to
0: give you my my two cents with that. But, uh, you know, us realtors are... As you would say, like the first line of advice and, and the best uh you know coach here for our clients, so we know a thing or two. we are the licensed professionals that can give uh, some sound advice to our customers, but uh, in reference to the loans that you're you're referring to well every every customer should look at the possibilities and the options that they have to qualify for loans right so there's Many products out there. Uh, there's FHA loans, there's conventional loans, there's USDA loans and uh, VA loans. So, uh, depending on which criteria best fits your client's needs, that's where you want to put them in into that uh, type of product. And there's so many pros and cons to each and every product. Uh, if we have time, we can kind of you know take a take a stab at each each product. But uh, for the most part, you know your your realtor should be looking at what best benefits you, your family, uh, closing costs, down payment assistance, or even the down payment in itself for the purchase of your home. Uh, so, those those kind of things are some, some of the little nuggets here that you want to you know look into
1: for your product. Mm-hmm. So, they all have different characteristics. Right. You've got to find the one that best fits you. Right. So, I mean, I guess it's possible to say an adjustable rate loan is right for somebody. But you've got to make sure you're the right somebody. Sure. And there aren't a whole lot of you somebodies out there that fit an adjustable rate loan. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially when we're as close to zero as we're going to get. Right. Um, I guess if the interest rates were 12, eh, you know, maybe looking at an adjustable might be something because there's, there's some downside there. Right. But when you're at four... What are they going to do? Go so far that they start giving you money back? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think think so. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's dive into some of them. I I think the biggest difference is, uh, or the most common one that I hear is FHA versus conventional. What are some of the pros and cons of that?
2: Sure, Don. So each loan has its upside and downside, and depending on the consumer's uh situation um they might not qualify for one and and qualify for the other Um, if they have um, exceptional credit um, strong income um, we steer them towards conventional because it's um, it, it makes sense as far as the Uh, Costs associated with it And what I mean by that is the mortgage insurance That's associated with the FHA loan Um, Although you do get A lower interest rate on FHA um, You're also paying Mortgage insurance um, On top of your Payment Um, So that makes it more expensive And the thing with the FHA loan is You can never get rid of that mortgage insurance Unless you refinance out of it uh, To a conventional loan For example but typically, for the conventional loans, we're looking at people that have over a 700 credit score. It's uh, stricter guidelines. You can't have as high a debt-to-income ratio, so it's just hard to qualify, but it is a better loan. Um, people assume that you need 20% down uh, to go with the conventional loan, but um, in reality, there are programs for first-time homebuyers uh, that can get them in as little as 3% for a conventional or 5% or more. Um, if you do go 20% down, then that does eliminate the mortgage insurance. Um, however, with the conventional loan, if you just go 3% down and uh, with time you build equity, um, 20% equity, then you are able to uh, get that mortgage insurance removed and that's going to lower your payments you know, significantly, maybe 100 to $200 a month. So um, those are some of the um, upsides to the conventional loan. Again, with the FHA loan, there are some people that uh, really just want to buy a house now. And, you know, they might not have the excellent credit, um, and they're not able to qualify for a conventional loan. Um their debt to income might be a little bit higher and what have you, so you know they're happy with the FHA loan. Um, at least they're able to get a house, and especially now that um, you know, the interest rates are lower than they were just a few months ago, um, it really makes sense to them to you know buy it now while the interest rates are low. So, uh, we get daily updates on the interest rates. Uh, the last update that we had, um, for uh, strong credit scores. You can get uh four percent on an FHA loan. That's like with a seven hundred percent or seven hundred credit score, uh, which is really low. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to where it has been um in the past. So yeah, and of course
1: rates change daily, sometimes two or three times a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on factors. Right. So and and that's where y- we're you know we got to get that information from our local. Uh, loan officer mm-hmm. in, in fact that's a good segue into this we have to w- Realtors aren't the ones that do the loans, correct, but we're the coach we are the coach and you send the play in to the to the loan officer and it's like here's a buyer that fits these criteria this is um wh- where they want to go, and then you let them be the quarterback on that portion of it right yep yeah. I always love sports analogies. Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of that, uh, we do have to go to our first commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And in the studio here, we have Leo Nalasco and Pablo Chavero of Realty Concepts. Um, interesting in talking to you guys and learning a little bit about you. Because um, you guys do work quite a ways away from me. You're on the other side of the building. <laughs> and I hardly ever see you guys. True, <laughs> true. Um, anyway. Uh, I understand both of you have gotten into real estate investing, and for our listeners out there, tell um, in answering the question of who should be involved in real estate investing, who should get into it, I'd like to start off with the question of what are some of the advantages to real estate investing? Sure. And then that might ring ring a bell with the listener out there like, oh, hey, I can do that.
0: Sure, absolutely well, uh there's so many advantages to real estate investing, right? You're kind of creating your own wealth for the future, setting your family up for success, creating your own retirement, if you would uh, A lot of people uh see opportunities almost on a daily basis, and uh, you know some people think it's not for them, some people think it's challenging, some people you know look at fear and just think, "Oh my God, I can't do it, but in reality. I think that everybody has a potential to certainly do it. And, you know, you just have to have an open mind when you see that junkie house, that, that beat-down house. When you see something that's just the sore eye of the neighborhood, that's where the opportunity knocks. And you have to look at the upside, right? You see all these TV shows almost every weekend. Probably right now they're airing as well and And you get ideas, you get inspired of what a true product can look like, but that's where you really take advantage of 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 the circumstances so yeah creating creating your future wealth uh you know adding properties to your portfolio, um you know sending your your family up for success, I mean it creates some great
1: income, you know you just made me think of something you said if you see that sore eye in the in the uh neighborhood, yeah, that's the opportunity well. Here's who should not be involved in real estate investing. Sure. If your vision is that you're going to buy that that bad, the worst one on the block, and you're not going to improve it, then you're not the right person for real estate investing. Right. You you got to improve it. You got it because that'll help bring the whole neighborhood up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Pablo, what about you? I mean, what what do you think are some of the advantages? To real estate investing
2: well, there are lots of advantages with real estate investing um, Some of the most recent um, deals that I have seen um, have great benefit to it um, for example, the uh, lifetime cash flow and appreciation of the properties so um there's this property that uh we're working on currently um it's a sore uh you know it's a sore property it um is completely dilapidated uh the property is overgrown it just it looks awful right but uh this property has the potential to build 16 units on um which is part of the you know zoning that Uh, comes with the property which for people that don't know they might just think that it's just the house you know that's uh, in bad condition but when this is all said and done um you can be collecting rent on 16 units for the rest of your life Um, eventually they will be paid off uh, getting the property for a discounted price so we can either flip it which is going to be a good profit um but um if you hold on to it long term you'll make about a million dollars in about 20 years off of one transaction so um long-term benefits these investments aren't um you know something that uh, happens overnight but in the long run it really is uh, a way to build wealth um so you were talking about who should do it. I know Leo talked to, about it a little bit, but um for me, um I think it's people who are willing to take the risk because you know, it's not like we guarantee that uh, people are going to have um you know, positive results. There's people that don't do well all the time because they don't know what they're doing and they go in there without mentorship, without guidance and they make costly mistakes. Um all the time. So I think somebody that is willing to take the risk and understand that you have to be, uh, surrounded with, um, people that are going to guide you and help you, uh, but still take a risk. Um, other people that, uh, would be, you know, benefiting from investing is people that have money in retirement accounts. Um, typically retirement accounts aren't going to grow, you know, very much, but, um, if you're investing, you can get, strong returns. Um, There's a a partner that I have. um, He just made $8,000 off of a $40,000 six-month loan. So if you can imagine um, putting $40,000 into the bank and in six months you would have $8,000, you would be very happy, right?
1: Yeah. Did he make a private loan? Yes. Okay.
2: So that's uh, one of the ways our investors make money. Um,
1: so you don't actually have to buy real estate. You can invest in real estate in other ways, such as being in yeah. the bank. Yes. Yeah. Private notes.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of creative ways of doing real estate investing, which takes me to my other point, is for people that simply want to get into the um, investment side of it, you really just need to have the desire to start. Um, you don't really need a lot of money. Um you do need some money, but it doesn't have to be your money. You can, you know, either get credit cards or have family or friends lend you money so that you can get started with the creative side of investing and, um, you know, getting off-market deals um, where you actually don't have to buy the property. You just simply make a deal and you're able to uh um, do uh, an investing that is called wholesaling. So that's part of the investing where wholesalers then turn around and sell it to the actual rehabber, um, who then closes and pays cash. So mm-hmm. you don't have to have the cash to secure property, um, which you know is good for people that don't have the money to start.
1: And, and you can even take that one a step farther. Some people invest in options. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, they don't, they don't ever actually buy the property. They just buy the option, which is the irrevocable right to purchase that property if they choose to mm-hmm. for a set amount of time right. uh, you see that a lot with land speculation right and um, you can make money on both sides of that right let's say some farmer that owns forty acres out there in what's probably going to be future development right heck they might sell sell the option and make couple of hundred thousand bucks for two years and the builder says, nah, it's, it's going to be 30 years before it builds out there. But in the meantime, that owner made a couple of hundred thousand dollars by selling a right, right. not selling real estate. Mm-hmm. Eventually they're going to sell though. Sure.
2: Um, so yeah, it's, it comes in degrees so you can get into real estate investing, um, lightly or heavily so like I was saying for people that simply just don't have the resources maybe you're young you know you haven't built up a lot of money you can start that way or if you're you know uh, later on in life you have money in your retirement accounts so you can lend that money or um just do your own investments um Buying rental properties that need to be fixed up at a discount, uh, refinancing them after they're rehab, renting them out, um, even commercial with uh, apartment complexes and just commercial industrial uh, development. You know, the um, developing land and putting all the accommodations that come with it, whether it be a gas station or a hotel or Leasing out to you know the, the stores that's another form of real estate investing that's uh, you know at the mm-hmm. deep end.
1: Let me ask you your personal preferences. Sure. Do you would you rather invest in single family residences or apartments?
0: So, so, so that's a great question, Don. And uh, I think everybody has a niche, right? Uh, a niche that you can certainly focus on. Uh, me, primarily right now, I feel like I'm pretty savvy and experienced with single-family. Of course, now I'm looking into other opportunities, which is uh, the commercial side of it as well, and even apartments. Uh, one general of rule that, that I like to uh, not just encourage but also advise my team is uh, for every every flip that they do is to continue to roll over those profits that they made. And essentially, you want to get to the point where you flip three houses, right? And from those profits that you made from those three houses, then the fourth one that you do, technically you own that fourth one and add it to your portfolio. So you flip three, make some great income, some great capital, purchase your fourth one, and you own that one outright. That's my formula that I do. That's what I you know, have been building
1: so far and, and it works out. I mean You know, I like I personally I gotta say I really like that philosophy. Because yeah. I've seen people flip, 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 right, and then and that's their income. Right. But then at the end of the year they don't own anything. Right. So yeah. yeah. Uh buy and keep is and also keep. A, a good way to go. Yes. We got about a minute left, but Pablo I'd like to ask you that question too.
2: So, I am also uh, with the single-family residences, um, but I do have my eye on uh, apartment complexes. And the the reason why is um, from a liability standpoint. So, let's say um, you go a month or two without having a tenant, Um, then you're paying that mortgage, right? Um, If you have an apartment complex that has, I don't know, 10 tenants, you know, 10 units, and one or two of those people um, aren't paying the rent because it's vacant or what have you, um, you're not making the payment. The other people are. Um, And it's also easier to handle, you know, 10 units in one spot than 10 residential properties spread out in a different area. That's a
1: very good point. And with that point, hang on to it because we are going to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your uh, your host, and today I have two people in here, Leo Nolasco and Pablo Chavero, each of uh, Realty Concepts, and they are very experienced in not only sales but real, um, real estate investing, and they have done a lot of the work themselves. In fact. Uh, I've seen Leo's car, a nice-looking vehicle in the parking lot, and today I didn't recognize you with your pickup truck. And I said, Oh, I didn't know you had a pickup truck. And your answer was... (laughs) That's for my real estate uh, projects that I work on. Yeah. Yeah. Projects. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those projects now. Sure. And, you know, what the pros and the cons are and who should do it. But I want to take the approach of... I'm a seller. You're a seller, okay. uh, okay. And you're counseling me or coaching me on what I should do to uh, sell my home for the the best, uh, top dollar. Certainly. So, and I've heard some people say, "Oh, hey, if you got the money in your wallet, keep it there. Don't don't put it back into the house and then sell it." Mm -hmm. But then I've heard other people say, "Hey, if you can get spend a dollar and get two dollars back." That's a wise investment. It, you flip your own house. Sure. So let me ask you what, how do you counsel a seller who, well, okay, they're, they're, it, that house is on the bottom side of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yards a mess. Sure. Overgrown. The roof is uh, getting older. Questionable. Got gray hair on it <laughs> <laughs> um, or no hair on it. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so, um, what how do you counsel them
0: great Uh, we we actually go through this almost on a weekly basis as a matter of fact I have two appointments this week to counsel two particular sellers that are getting ready to sell their homes as well so uh, one of the most common approaches that we have are landlords that have a tenant that is in the process of moving out and so they ask us hey give us some tips and advice can you come take a look at our home and give us uh, your input so uh, number one is uh, a buyer in today's market is looking for a good product, a good home that is pretty much clean and moving ready. Uh, almost, I would say almost 90% of the consumers out there, that's ideally what they want. Um, they want something that's neutral colors. They want something that's uh, modern. They want something that's updated. They want to see some some ice uh, you know some ice in the kitchen they want to see some nice looking restrooms and so for a seller that is considering and in, in doing some improvements I, I certainly recommend you guys add uh, some neutral colors the, the light beige or the neutral you know honey oak uh, floors as well we recommend you guys pay pay close attention to your kitchens because that's the first thing that uh, the ladies look at, right? As soon as they come into the home, so you gotta you gotta spend a little bit of money into the kitchen and also your your restrooms. Um, if you can, you know, spend somewhere between five to ten thousand uh, in your general home improvements, I guarantee you you're going to see your return uh, back on on your rental or your your home that you're getting ready to sell uh, in regards to the exterior. You know, landscaping, you know, every every homeowner, when they purchase a home, is going to tailor it to their taste, right, with flowers or trees or, um, you know, sago palms, et cetera. So I always say just keep it trimmed low where you can actually see the house, trim up your trees, make the, the grass green, throw some fertilizer on it um, in regards to the roof you mentioned, well, that's something that you're going to have to make a call on. Uh, if you think it's on its last leg, it, it may it may not necessarily fly with an inspector or the buyer, or it may sit on the market a little bit longer. So that's just a call that you're going to have to make. Sometimes you can actually get away with like a two-year roof certification, and, and that will fly for the time being and, and make it financeable. But uh, if you think you're like on the 28th year of your 30-year roof shingle, it's probably worthwhile to, to change it out. And uh, that way a new buyer has a, a peace of mind and some warranty to go forward with their home. Um, but, yeah, the the granite, you know, in the kitchen, um, adding some, some new fixtures throughout the house, um, painting your cabinets even, some new carpet. It goes a long ways, you know. So don't think of it as an immediate expense, but think of it as a product that you're trying to entice buyers to have
1: multiple and competing offers for your homes. So oh, I recently saw a home. Where they really fixed up the inside of the house, mm-hmm. but the roof—it was an old wood roof, oh. and it was on its last leg oh. and not certifiable. Mm. I'm not so sure they made a wise investment by investing on the inside.
0: Wow, I don't know. Yeah, so so they were—they they remodeled it in the anticipation of selling it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you know the wood shake roof i don't even know who i mean are there still lenders out there that that uh, lend on wood shake roofs i mean I, I know that there's a high fire insurance premium on wood shake roofs and mm-hmm. and there's only certain type of lenders out there that will certainly finance it but uh you know th- those things uh, they're very questionable i mean right now throughout the rainy season i guarantee there's some wood shake roofs out there with some with some leaks so uh, i wouldn't leave a wood shake on a on a project, yeah, uh, that's just my recommendation.
1: Change it out. Okay, and, and so if you do make the decision to um, remodel it, mm-hmm. you kind of have to look at the whole picture. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The wood shake roof. I guarantee you, you do the inside work and you leave that wood shake. That house is going to sit for a while. Trust mm-hmm. me. I'm I'm just talking from experience. So it's worth the the time and the investment to put a new roof on it. Number one, the buyer is going to be satisfied with what they have overhead. And if the interior looks good, so
1: should the exterior. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Pablo, how about if, um, how important is it to remodel a kitchen? And to what extent should should a seller remodel a kitchen? Uh, You know, maybe it's got tiled countertops. Is it worth it to put granite in?
2: So, I would say, you know, it it depends uh, on the specific house and the the scenario. Uh, I currently have a client who uh, has the similar scenario. So, he bought a house about six months ago, and it was a great location. Uh, The property itself was great. Landscaping was great. had a new roof on it. Uh, He painted it when he bought it. Um, However, the interior of the house was original. So the house is from the 80s and, you know, has the tile countertops and the uh, fuzzy carpet and the wallpaper and and all these things. Right. So the kitchen itself, um, the cabinets were in good condition. They just needed a little bit of paint and some granite and some, um, you know, uh, cabinet pools, uh, some backsplash, some updated appliances nice uh hardware um that's all that kitchen needs to really look modern so we actually removed one cabinet to open up the uh, look of it so it seems uh like an open floor plan type of a kitchen so just removing one cabinet staining the cabinets and doing those repairs or upgrades um new flooring and paint as well um is going to make a, a huge difference into the value of the home and what he's going to get as a return because he, he got it at a good price because it was outdated. The house sat on the market for a long time because it didn't appeal to a lot of the buyers, but I was able to convince him and sell him on the idea that he was buying the right way, which was great location and great home. You could always update it. You know, you can't fix the neighborhood. Um, that's what we did. So, Um I would say absolutely. Yeah, and I think getting
1: counseling or coaching from your realtor is really important because if you're if you got a home that maybe is a little bit outdated, but you're already at the top of the neighborhood. Right. Now maybe it doesn't pay because how much more beyond that neighborhood can you go? Right. Yeah. So yeah, coaching is important.
0: And that's, a, and that's another good point you guys made uh, about these countertops. So, for example, one one general thumb rule that I like to use is, you know, for the 150 houses or, you know, up to 175 houses, yeah, great. The, the white little square tiles for the countertop, that's totally fine within that budget. Once you start moving into the 200 to 300, yeah, certainly consider your your granites. And then once you're in the 400,000 homes and above, you know, you want to give them, top quality material right so you're looking at the quartz and whatnot so it all depends on the kind of home the neighborhood and you know the the investment opportunity that you can make into it don't over improve though don't put quartz in a $150,000 house you know because you'll never see your money back Uh so
1: yeah okay so the answer of course is it depends yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) it depends yes but hey that's where the realtor comes in We can give some good coaching some good counseling and um, that that is really really important. So, um, what about flooring now? It, it and how it's funny how trends go. Yeah. You know, for a while, it, if you go to a home built in the 1960s, they may have that the original owner's still there. They're going to have carpet sitting on top of beautiful hardwood That's floors true. that have never seen the light of true. day. Yeah, those are it, the best ones. Yeah, and now people want to just rip out the carpet. They they just don't want yeah. they want hardwood floors. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that that is a common trend that we're seeing uh in today's uh market. Uh all these original homes from the 50s and 60s, you pull up that thick uh, you know, green carpet <laughs> and the pad, and man, you got some phenomenal floors. All you got to do is just buff them out, you know, put a nice little sealer on it and it gives a lot of value to the house. People still today prefer the original hardwood floors as opposed to the, all the other products that are out there right now. But you know, if I can have original hardwood
1: floors in every single product, I will certainly keep that. So let's say you find a house that um, has a concrete foundation, so no no original hardwood floors. Sure. What do you recommend goes on there? What type of product? You know, uh, so
0: we've we've done a couple of different uh, scenarios with cement slabs like that we've actually polished one that just had nothing but cement and believe it or not it looked phenomenal you know you you just cement in general you don't have to add any additional uh stains or anything but you polish up the cement you put a sealer on it and it looked great you know Uh, that's just one option but mostly in in uh in these kind of scenarios we like to just add the typical laminate flooring right you put your under underlayment uh laminate floors and throughout the hallway, and then on your restroom, you just add your tile, you know, and then same with your laundry. Mm -hmm. Just add your standard 12 by 24 tile, but laminate floor is kind of what's trending in in, in today's market, and even the products with laminate flooring, they have some um, 30-year products out there now that are uh, water-resistant and, and, you know, intrusive to water barrier protection, so um, they start anywhere between 99 cents a square foot, upwards to like $5 a square foot, just depends on the, the kind of Product that you want for your home,
1: mm-hmm. the flooring guy that I use, he showed me um, something called LVT, yeah. luxury vinyl tile. Mm. He said, "Hey, that's the same stuff hospitals are putting in because yeah. it's that mm-hmm. that durable." Yeah, yeah. With that, we do need to go to our next commercial break. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 on your digital dial. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio is Pablo Chavero and Leo Nolasco of Realty Concepts. Um, Leo has an interesting job this year. You're the 2019 president of, the, of NAREP. NAREP, yes. Tell us what NAREP is. Yes, absolutely. That's obviously an acronym.
0: It's an acronym, yes. Uh, National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. So we are a local chapter here in Fresno that uh, not only empowers but educates, and uh, we network with other like-minded professionals in the business, with realtors, brokers, insurance agents, I mean, people that we can necessarily do business with. Um, it's not necessarily just open to the Hispanic uh, you know, community. We're open to everybody that just wants to be involved with learning uh, and bettering yourselves to better serve your customers and your consumers. So, uh, you know, we have a website out there on Facebook and also on Instagram, NARIP Fresno, Fresno Madera. And we have a lot of great events uh, on the horizon this year, from mixers to education workshops. Uh, we just had a meeting, as a matter of fact, yesterday at uh, Univision and just kind of planning for the rest of the year. But, yeah, I mean, we, we are all about empowering our people to better serve their, their customers and at the same time uh, helping you, you know, in your real estate career. So
1: how do you empower
0: other realtors th- through what means? Sure. I'll uh, give you some uh, some some basics of it is we uh, host uh, education uh, I wouldn't say seminars, but education workshops where we teach anything ranging from, let's just say, land trusts to even flipping houses, believe it or not. We're actually thinking about putting an event here in June uh, regarding educating people of how to do it. Uh, At the same time, we're going to be expanding into empowering uh, the Latinas, you know, as well this year, and uh, and just social mixers in general. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, a little bit of everything.
1: So what I'm hearing is by educating them, that gives them the confidence and it empowers them. Yes, yes. So what, what, like, let's go more into the education because I think that's where our listeners, the consumers, are going to benefit from this. You, you know. So, so, so what if you do a social networking thing? How does that affect the, the client? Right. But it does. It does.
2: So how does a networking? affect the client so um through the networking um like the mixers we go and meet with one another and have a good time and that builds camaraderie and it opens the door for the next learning event uh, for example where um we invite our people or our guests to uh, a learning event and Being that they had a good time at the mixer and, you know, they they bonded, um, they're much more likely to go to our learning events. Um, The last learning event that um, I went to last year for NAREP included a guest speaker from the Norris Group uh, down in Southern California. Um, This gentleman has been investing since the 80s, and he brought with him uh, his method of investing, which is based on data, and he showed us the data that he's looking at um, from the 80s up until now, and he talked about uh, high interest rates, um, you know, when they're up to like 15%, 16% uh, interest rate for the homes, which was an interesting time, definitely before my time. Um, he uh, basically empowered us by letting us know you know to have confidence in our market when our clients ask us like is the market going to go down well i was empowered because of that uh of that training to confidently be able to tell my clients why i don't think it will you know and he shared some of the things like um well for one it's been really hard to get a loan and for since 2008 uh, if you try to get a loan it's been hard like they really you know check to see that you can qualify and all the loans that have been um you know um, given have been on a fixed rate low interest rate safe secure loans so he was telling us like where are the foreclosures going to come from they shouldn't you know it's not like the houses are going to be all of a sudden unaffordable for people they've gotten great deals so um that's one of the events that has really helped me uh, to help my clients.
1: Okay. So by going to one of these NAREP-sponsored events, um, you learn something that you can pass on to your clients. Makes Definitely. sense. Mm-hmm. What what kind of things do you have coming up? Certainly. So uh, in April, we we are actually,
0: as a board, going to be heading down to Washington, D.C., and we're going to be speaking to leaders of, uh, of the Capitol about basically California housing, NAR, and everything that we have going on with the California real estate industry. So we have a, a voice uh, to kind of express some of the things that we see, uh, don't like, or would like to see with improvements and, and uh, in general, some changes for the better of our uh, local market. So that's in April. May, of course, we're going to have a uh, Cinco de Mayo mixer uh, location uh, we're, we're still working the venue location and uh, arrangements and all that, but you know uh, we'll have a good mixer in may June uh, again we talked about a uh, like a, a flipping workshop you know to teach people how to invest in real estate, get past your fears with that so yeah just some things on the horizon
1: and interesting you say uh in June about flipping and investing in real estate. The big umbrella, which is the National Association of Realtors, has uh, created a uh, training seminar for realtors on how to invest in real estate to give you more stability in, in the market. Now, that's good for the customers, too, yeah. because we do li- we work in a market that has a lot of ups and downs, um, and You know, maintaining your presence in the market is not easy. But if you invest in real estate, you're more than likely going to make it at a career, Mm -hmm. not just a a short-term job. Yeah. So um, that's great that the National Association of Realtors is putting that out there and teaching everybody how to invest. Um, I was fortunate that uh, when I was young in this industry... There was a guy who told taught me how his father did it. Wow. You know, just yeah. buy one here, yes. get it, get it, uh, you know, to where it supports itself. Then go out and buy another one, and then another one, another one, and pretty soon you have a retirement income.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it is. I mean, a lot of people get paralyzed by by fear in general, but I think once you get in your first one. And you see the process and you get it done and you make some change, you'll be like, wow, that wasn't so bad after all. Mm -hmm. Then you start becoming a system. You start using the same materials, the same colors, and then you start streamlining your process. So, you know, what took you two months to get one done, now you can get it down to five weeks. And then five weeks can become four. Not necessarily taking shortcuts, but streaming it
1: down to where it doesn't take you as long to get it done. So, yeah. The first one's always tough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after you have one now you have good contacts. Right. So if all of a sudden you need a plumber real fast or a tree guy real fast, chances are you've built up a a phone book. Certainly, certainly. Phone book. Sounds old fashioned, huh? <laughs> yes. Contact manager. That's Contact what I'm mean say. Yeah. There you go. Okay we just got about a minute or two left, so I want to ask you, what is your best real estate advice?
0: All right, I'm going to just leave it with this. I'm going to encourage all the listeners out there. Number one is to get involved with a local chapter of real estate in your local market, right? So we I'm just going to name a few that are out there, but you can research and see which one, you know, you would like to be a part of. But, of course, there's the NARIP chapter, right? Uh, there's YPN, the Young Professionals Network. Uh, there's the Women's Council of Realtors. There's the ARIA, uh, Asian Real Estate Association. There is the CHC, Community Housing Council. There's the uh, Fresno Association of Realtors. Um, there's the Veterans Affairs of Real Estate uh, Professionals. So, there's so many organizations out there. Get involved with a local chapter. Become a part of that movement because you're going to get educated, empowered, and you're going to have the networking capabilities to do more within your business and help others uh, within uh, your database. So get involved and become a part of a, a local chapter.
1: Okay. Pablo, what what do you think? What's your best real estate advice?
2: My best real estate advice is to own as much real estate as you can, even if it's just one property uh, a year. If you're able to do that as a young person, you know, maybe you're 20 and you're able to buy your first house, um, try to buy one every year. Um, move into your new one every year and, and just keep renting your old ones. That's just like a very um, simple way of um, getting rich slowly. Um, You know, uh, 15, 20 years down the road, you'll have about 15 or 20 houses that uh, you'll be really glad that you made that uh, decision.
1: Yeah, the guy who got kind of created that plan for me, he said, I guarantee you by the time you're 65, Social Security will not be here. Right. Well, I'm almost 65. And I called him and I go, hey, you're two years older than me. How do you apply for Social Security, you know, Medicare and all that? And I said, by the way, you told me it wouldn't be here. He goes, all right. But are you going to be able to live on it? You know, All right. You're kind of right there. (laughs) I don't think it's enough to really live on. Yeah. Another question. uh, What do you want our listeners to remember the most about today's discussion? What's your
2: well, that uh, anybody can get into real estate and real estate investing, as long as they have the desire and are willing to take some risk. Um, you don't need to have a lot of money. You definitely can start out with little to no money, and uh, yeah,
1: okay. Leo, thirty hey. seconds or less.
2: Get in the game. Get in the
0: game with real estate. Partner with. Savvy, experienced realtors that have been doing this. Hire the contractors that understand budgets and get past your fears. Set fear aside. Just go in and believe in yourself, believe in your talent, believe in your potential. Set your future for, for your success.
1: All right. And I want to thank both you guys for coming in today and helping educate our consumers out there through Welcome Home Radio. Thank you, Dan. Thank Thank you. Yeah, and um, to all our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll be back next week, Saturday, 9 to 10. Thank you.